Harper. It's been less than 75 degrees on Maui during the sunlight time. Get it? It's a cold open. <laughs> Hi, I'm Heidi, and I'm really enjoying using my sweaters. Hi, I'm Rory, and I uh, was soaked in a flannel the other day. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers ahead. Finishing a trilogy like the ballers we are. Binti. Night Masquerade. <laughs> by Nettie Okorofor. E. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. This is your chance to go back and listen to the old episodes about Binti, but we're going to go forward. And we're going to finish the trilogy. Hey, because we know how to do things. We finished all the, the Gaddis books we were going to do. Yeah. So, I mean, we're like, guys, we're like a show show. <laughs> we did things. <laughs> we have <laughs> double digit episodes. Yeah. And almost in the 20s. Yeah, we're, we're close. Yeah, we're, we're close. like three episodes away, including this, this one. This podcast is old enough to vote. No, we're on episode 19. This is 18. This is 19. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is 19. <laughs> Which episode? I didn't forget about a specific episode. I just didn't add them up. Oh my gosh. We are two episodes away, including this one. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're doing great. Our, our podcast is old things. enough to be drafted. Oh, <laughs> poor, poor, poor guy. Poor baby. <laughs> poor baby. We're both women, but for some reason, I spoilers ahead is a guy in my head. <laughs> okay. Um, don't know why. He wears pink. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Binti Night Masquerade, which is such a good, fun, excellent conclusion to the Binti trilogy. Like, mm -hmm. wow. It's so good. Could you read the back for us? Yes, I can. Slash could. Um, Binti has returned to her home planet, believing that the violence of the Medusa has been left behind. Unfortunately, although her people are peaceful on the whole, the same cannot be said for the Kush who fan the flames of their ancient rivalry with the Medusa. Uh, far from her village, when the conflict starts, Binti hurries home, but anger and resentment have already claimed the lives of many close to her. Once again, it is up to Binti and her intriguing friend, uh, Mwinyi, to intervene. Though the elders of her people do not entirely trust her motives, and to try to prevent a war that could wipe out her people once and for all, don't miss the, this essential concluding volume of in the Binti trilogy. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, that was good. I read it. It's, uh. I mean, I'm really happy. Like, <laughs> I'm happy that you got all the hard words right. Like, that's all that matters. Yeah, fair. Ah, man. Okay. Here's the thing about Binti. The Binti so trilogy. <laughs> it's so good. But also, about mm, halfway through every single book, you're like, wait, how is there more book? How does it keep going? And then you're like, oh. And then you turn the page, and the next page is literally like, Behold, the entire plot has twisted. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? But it never, it never feels like cheating. Yeah, no. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I also love how how Binti is kind of the arranged marriage, like the mm -hmm. old school idea of like the only way to keep the peace is to have a marriage. Yeah, and like Binti is like genetically part yeah. Medusa and then part, um, Enray Zanaya and then part. Uh, Himba, Himba, and and also the the space thing. Yeah, the space fish. But that doesn't come into play until, until the end, and it doesn't really help with the conflict. It just no, it helps with her. It just yeah. makes her happy. It just <laughs> helps her. She's <laughs> just like, yeah, why not? Add another one. Add another one. <laughs> Add another. I'm all the things. I'm a salad of genetics. Multicultural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, she she is everything, but like that that she herself is the peacekeeper. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Also, I have a theory that it has taken me to the third book to realize, mm -hmm. but I kind of want to try something, mm -hmm. and I want to try treeing mm -hmm. as like a way to calm down mm -hmm. and step away from things because, like in the book, it's a great it's a way yeah. that she like steps out of a situation like. Mm -hmm. kind of uh not all the way but she steps out of a situation and tries to realize that this isn't the only thing in the universe and like it kind of keeps her um calm mm -hmm. and not like rage filled and t attacky <laughs> violent mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and 
yeah so like thinking about equations and going through equations and like seeing numbers and all that like helps her like stay rooted and it keeps her in her own current Mm -hmm. and in the current and just like it makes it everything bigger and like i want to try that I think that's a great idea. Not with math, but like science. Like you start at cellular respiration equation and then you go like where that happens. You're like Mm -hmm. mitochondria. Then you can go through like the processes and like just if you're mad or like some like a really deep, big emotion Mm -hmm. is showing up and like trying that, it might be helpful. Like it doesn't have to be math or science. It can be like you can start with a quote and then go either like similar quotes or like other things from that author that you like and like kind of branch out from that and like where was like what types of books did they write like where were they from like what do I like about those places like kind of branching out like that like how you start like you like genes or like cells organs organ systems like that type of thing yeah you could makes it bigger yeah you could tree in any in any field yeah I like that a lot I I do that actually with uh genres of music yeah where i'll try to pick one as like okay if this is my starting point in what direction like what does it take to connect every song to any other song yeah um how many degrees of separation are there like stylistically and things like that um but yeah you can also do that with authors for sure um there's this amazing book by owen barfield which i'm not recommending on the podcast because it's so dang hard um but it's called poetic diction and Uh essentially his theory is that the poetic way of phrasing things is actually speaking more accurately to the truth of the matter mm-hmm. than trying to make it entirely scientific right. in the sense that like the idea that evil is darkness, that's not a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Evil is in fact dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, I- and it's, it's a very interesting way of putting it. Um, if you've heard of things like, you know, what resonates with you, basically the idea that the reason poetry resonates is because it's speaking um, to the truth of something mm-hmm. and kind of treeing out from that, which in this book also, that reminded me of the deep culture thing. Yeah. Like I'm, uh, there's a quote whoop, I found that is a is this. Because I was a master harmonizer and my path was through mathematics, I took what came and felt it as numbers, absorbed it as math, and when I spoke, I breathed it out. I was doing it. I was speaking the words to power. I was uttering deep culture. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel whenever I hit something poetic. Like whenever I'm writing and I and I hit that right, yeah. just the right thing, I'm like, oh, that that's what this is. And, and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, treeing in that direction. Speaking on treeing. Ooh. I love that like she kind of goes into the kind of metaphor of like it being a tree. Like, I fell out of the tree. I and it took that. me a minute for me to realize <laughs> it wasn't an actual tree. Like, mm-hmm. she fell out of the process of treeing. But, mm-hmm. like, I had to finish that paragraph. And then I went back and I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> yeah. Also that her mom is a harmonizer. And her mom opens the tree and hides yeah. them inside the tree. They're, and the other like, harmonizer has to reopen the tree. Yeah, <laughs> she like goes through so many, like, tree things. And it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And some of that, if I explain it any more, would 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 spoil the whole book. But yes, the, yeah. there's a lot of tr- there's a there's a literal tree that isn't in deeply involved in the plot. Oh, this quote totally unrelated to treeing, but I love it so much. Uh-huh. But couldn't you be broken and still bring change? Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I love it so deeply. So so many, so many, so many deep. Also, you know what's fun to tree? Hmm. Going back to that history. Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah like tracing history backward, like I was I was talking to somebody. This is about to get real political. I was talking to somebody. This th- this book has a lot of civil war and racism. Yeah, this is about like racism, sexism, uh, so many things. Ageism, classism, yeah, uh, tribalism. All of the yeah. all of the isms uh, meet in one glorious moment that Binti brings peace to by literally striking everyone with math lightning. So Just being like, stop it. <laughs> you will stop this now. And they're like, okay, fine. No, <laughs> done. You're done. Um, but I was talking to somebody and it was like, kind of, what's fun for me is, is to look at history and then look at where things broke mm-hmm. and see like, what was the underlying assumption that that made this seem like it wasn't going to break like where was the breaking point and one of them being like when the constitution was written and when the declaration of independence was written 
in this country, one, they knew about the existence of most of the continent, but didn't, in fact, live on most of the continent. So there was always this idea of, like, oh, we can just move the Indians and move west. Yeah. Um, Was an underlying assumption. And, oh, there will be slaves. So, like, the idea that America was supposed to be, like, freedom and justice for all was written on the assumption that there would always be the West and that there would always be slaves. Yeah. And, like, of course it feels like it's not really just and it's not really free um, for people who would have benefited from that system. Yeah. Because the terms upon which that our system was written um, don't exist anymore. There's not the West. And you can't just have a slave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for other people, it's like, oh, this was never just and this was never free. And in some ways, both are right. Because yeah. like the very specific definition that w- had to be used to, to create the documents can no longer exist. Yeah. It's, it's deeply problematic and unjust and wrong. Like, yeah, I'm getting that on record. It is wrong. Yeah. Um, and it was wrong when they wrote it. And it's, it's wrong now to try to bring it back. Yeah. But you also have to acknowledge that like. That was 250 years ago. Yeah. The War of the Roses lasted longer than desegregation has lasted. One war in Europe. This is... Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Anne Frank would not be dead of natural causes yet. Probably. Like, it was Martin Luther King and Anne Frank that are the same age. But also, like, Betty White is older than Martin Luther King would be yeah like things have not things have not taken a long time so a lot of times when i get like depressed about american history i'm like okay but in what country has massive systemic full-blown turn it upside down and rewrite it history happened in less than 200 years yeah none of them like yeah this has never happened before (laughs) they were all long processes like i'm in world history right now and it's it's just like okay so from like 1200 to <laughs> 1700 and I'm like we're not even that old yeah it's like <laughs> oh yeah it's like and then this king died and he didn't leave a success he didn't leave a direct successor and then the entire country was plunged into civil war for 400 years and you're like i'm sorry how yeah, many like the <laughs> warring states of like china's China, warring yeah. states i'm like <laughs> yeah like <laughs> that warring period lasted longer than we have at all so yeah i mean america is definitely still in her warring period given that we've never had a generation (laughs) without a war yeah but you know the thing is she's trying yeah and (laughs) what's interesting is binti is about the opposite where like the war has gone on for so long that nobody even remembers why it started um and like the which we talked about in the home episode the deep-rooted tribalism yeah um between the himba and the enri's and nara yeah, um, there like that tribal conflict that deeply affects Binti when she realizes like, oh, I am one of them. Yeah, like the us and them, the us and them system breaks down so many times in this book. In, yeah, like in <laughs> Binti, it breaks down between Binti and the Medusa because she gets their genetics. Yeah, and then in Home, it breaks down between the Enri's and Zinyara and and the Himba because yeah. Binti realizes like oh, I'm related to them. There's like, I am one of them. Yeah, I like guess. <laughs> and not like oh, distantly. Wow. Like my dad is yeah. one. <laughs> I am definitely my dad is one. My grandmother is still one. And so you know, it's uh, that is a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Um, and then in this book, you know, kind of finding out like what what being a harmonizer actually means. Yeah. And and how isolating it can be. And I'm glad that I'm glad that Nnedi Okorafor takes it where like the harmonizers find each other. Yeah. Because the non like if that's the only us in them is the people who are able to not see an us in them. Yeah. Are the the them for most yeah. people. And I think that's really interesting. But I have a quote. Mm. It's good. While everyone else sang, I wanted to dance in front of the fire because I always thought the seven preferred dance and numbers to singing. And later on, she basically is like, everything would have been different if only I'd been allowed to dance. Yeah. Um, I think that's I love how this topic keeps coming up in these books. She just wanted to dance. <laughs> well, and that's, isn't, isn't that everybody, though? Like, yeah. we just want to do our thing. And if you don't let people do their thing, they will shake heaven and earth, literally in this yeah. book, <laughs> to, to be allowed to dance. And, and yeah. that's the thing, like. Most people don't want to do something terrible. They just want to dance or yeah. make music or do math trees or whatever. Like, 
and 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 the idea that like oh harmonizers can't dance like they're not allowed to it's like why <laughs> but why we can bring harmony through our singing dance mm-hmm. or through our songing and you'll notice we haven't actually talked about what the night masquerade is it's because explaining the night masquerade <laughs> is so freaking difficult it like you uh, pick uh, up the book and read it yeah it's like 200 pages you're fine i read it in a day yeah like oh yeah i definitely read it specifically so you're good <laughs> and also i think the night masquerade first appears in home so pick up a book and yeah. read it yeah it does do you have any quotes from from home uh, I mean, night several. masquerade several good good several. good to engage with the zenaria was to overwhelm all my senses that is what it's like to talk to a lot of people at least for me mm-hmm. like to engage with this person it overwhelms all of my senses. <laughs> I need to take a nap after this meeting. Mm-hmm. Like just talking to them or like being around them, I need to take a nap. <laughs> it's just ugh, yeah. A recommendation. That's all they needed. It was so anticlimactic. Not that I was complaining. <laughs> 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 Leaving that with no context. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I uh, just one single context is that it's at like kind of the end of the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the grass suffers. <gasps> oh, <gasps> that's so <gasps> great. Oh, uh, it's so good. It's like mm-hmm. it's perfect to describe the Himba as a people in this war of the Kush and Medusa. Yeah. That they're the grass beneath the elephants. Yep. Yeah. When the Medusa anger had come forth, I'd immediately assumed something was wrong with me instead of realizing that it was simply a new change to which I'd had to adjust. I'd thought something was wrong with me because my family thought something was wrong with me. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. Is that not... (laughs) Oh, tattoo that on my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) On my forehead. (laughs) Oh, this goes with the, um, the elephants. I didn't miss a beat. Because there are Medusa ships in the lake, and if we don't do something immediately, we'll be the grass crushed beneath the feet of two fighting elephants. <sighs> wow. What a g- she's so good at reasoning with people. Maybe it's because she's a harmonizer. <laughs> I really do like like that. That it's, um, that it's this constant... I don't know how to put it. This constant thing where who you are who you really are is always going to get bigger mm-hmm. in these stories like whoever you are um she's a harmonizer and she thinks that means one thing and it turns out it means something bigger yeah. and like deeper i just i like any story where it's like your identity is only going to get more your identity yeah um, yeah like i don't know i'm trying to think of one where that's easy and john dies at the end like yeah throw it back way way long time <laughs> oh, wow. um that they keep <laughs> like it keeps getting more important universally that john and david exist yeah um or even in like that thing you do that like guy is the drummer yeah and it becomes you know this, he this is perpetual thing the drummer he's shades you know, in narnia where edmund is offered to be a a prince of Narnia and it yeah. turns out that like he is already <laughs> okay. a king <laughs> and like that they are yeah. royal AF like yeah. that I love that kind of story yeah yeah and I just like that the Himba themselves they retreat within themselves they don't run away they run into mm-hmm. and like this book is kind of like treeing outward if that makes sense oh like yeah, while totally. they're treeing inward the mm-hmm. book is treeing outward and it's it's cool to be like mm, the himba are complete like they're going within themselves mm-hmm. but like during this process they are actually like expanding mm-hmm. and their significance to the kush Medusa war yeah uh yeah, it's way bigger <laughs> they're way bigger than than they necessarily want to be this is super sweet do you feel different no, he said, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel different, but, like, I know I am. <laughs> it's fine. I like this one. Most couldn't relate to anyone unless they were similar. Which is, like, a big thing within all of this and, like, what's happening right now. 
is that like we think relate means like something has to be the same but like relate just means that we have to get each point uh-huh. like you just have to um build like a bond or like talk talk about it or like join join each other it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the same or similar Mm -hmm. you can relate to someone you have nothing in common with and that's really isn't that what we're talking about with like treeing other things is finding the point at which yeah like empathy yes like feeling for someone isn't like feeling like them Mm -hmm. it yeah so you don't have to be someone to relate to them you just have to like Mm -hmm. um allow them to be them and you to be you and you can just go like that and relate to someone yeah yeah a lot of the time i mean the thing that the thing that's frightening about history is how um how little would be different if so many of us were were in different situations like how how it's like mm, who like people say things like along the lines of well i would have done it different and it's like would you like would you now time traveling maybe yeah. Would you then, having grown up in those circumstances, and like, probably not. Yeah. So you know, you kind of have to take take things not with not with a grain of salt because wrong is still wrong, no matter what good reason yeah. you had behind it. But at the same time, like understanding that everyone is is coming from somewhere. Yeah. And that that somewhere might be very difficult to get out of. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the thing that keeps you safe is also the thing that keeps you trapped. Yeah. <laughs> this is this this is um I want to get it in just because it's it's a great single line. Yeah. Death is always news. It just opened to that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it really is. Like no matter who it's to, it's always news and it can be news to the person who was dying. It's always news. <laughs> yep. Um Oh. I had one last note. Mhm that wasn't necessarily has doesn't necessarily have much to do with the book but i read the word and it like with the context of this book i knew what this word meant and its relation to another word but like i it just kind of like sparked mm-hmm. within me a big thought but like apart and apart mhm are two, like, they sound so similar, and a lot of people, like, confuse them when they're writing them down. Yeah. But they are completely opposite. Like, a part of, like, mm-hmm. a space, part of mm-hmm. something, like, is together, is, like, a group, is being, like, yeah. with people, and a part of Like, apart something. from? Yeah, apart from something, is, like, the complete opposite. It is being, like, cast out of, or retreating like it just it means completely opposite things and it like I knew that but when she talked about it when she talked about being um apart from this group that she knew her whole life it like it really you can be a part of something and then become a part (laughs) yeah yeah like it just it Mm-hmm. Oh, they just they sound so similar and they mean completely opposite things. Yeah. Which is words, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Th- that's always been um that's that's been one of the interesting things uh is knowing that that the initial meaning of holiness was just set apart. Yeah. And so the idea that like the truly good people are the ones who will not be allowed to remain a part of the group. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you will not be allowed to remain in the herd if you want to be uh, truly good, because that is not what most pe- most yeah. people are striving for. And I don't, I don't mean that most people are striving for bad things. I think that yeah. most people like inertia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inertia is comfortable. Yeah. Um, and uh, as Binti discovers in every Binti book, to become better is to become different, and to become different is to become not like you were. Yeah. And that, that seems so obvious, but, like, the level that that resonates with these books, it's just fantastic. Yeah. To become different is to become changed, like, yep. completely and entirely and apart. Yeah. And transformation, uh, it's very rare that you become something else and fit in the old space. Yeah. Um, there's that parable of the wineskins. I don't know if you're familiar with, with it, but... um. 
if you put new wine in an old wine skin, the skin will burst. Yeah. And if you put uh, old wine in a new wine skin, the wine skin will also, like, it won't work. Yeah. You have to match the wine to the wine skin. The new thing will not fit in the old, and the yeah. old thing will not fit in the new. And it's like, it it's it's uh, d- deeply hopeful, but also yeah. it's troubling in the best sense. Like, oh, I can't unsee that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that we can't unsee, when they're, <laughs> we have to go somewhere. <laughs> um, I know. I, I am fascinated by breaking point stories, mm-hmm. like stories where it's like, what was it that made somebody decide enough is enough? Like yeah. an enough is enough story. And this leads us to uh, the thing that we've talked about with all the Binti books. Hey. It's a Star Wars, uh, Rogue One specifically. The the Star Wars that the only Star Wars film that really is an enough is enough story. Yeah, um, because Jin Erso is not having it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and then she's having it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> not having it, then having it yeah. a lot. You know what? I think I don't. You know what? Empire. I was fine with a healthy level of suppression and. <laughs> imperial rule and the iron fist of power but i am not fine with full planetary destruction that is as <laughs> it turns out my line that is enough <laughs> nope i've had enough and uh if you've listened to this podcast especially recently you know how we feel about a good heist Yay. and so that rogue one is a heist film yeah, yeah. <laughs> love a good like, heist this is enough is enough. Let's break into the Imperial <laughs> database. <laughs> uh. Like, I uh, heard the, the whole plot of Rogue One being that the Death Star problem, like the whole, oh, yeah, you can blow it up if you shoot it right there. Yeah. That was on purpose. Yep. Go, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Also that it's the first Star Wars that's properly about war. Like, yes. a lot of people have written about that, but I feel like it needs to be mentioned, like, yeah. a Star Wars specifically about war and about what happens, like, like this is all about the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. No, this is all about how many people suffer Yeah, uh, when people have a lightsaber contest. The, the grass beneath the elephant's feet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and when the grass decides to uh, straight up poison ivy, <laughs> what happens? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. And also, like, how many separate times it's like, now, no, you can't do that. And they're just like, we going to steal this ship from the rebels, making us like rebel squared. <laughs> rebel squared. We double rebel. <laughs> we double rebel going to go uh, steal something from the big bad tower on a special planet. Aww. It's like, okay. <laughs> All right. You do it. Also, Princess Leia is so much cooler when you watch Rogue One. And it's oh, like, yes. the Empire was like five minutes behind. And then you watch Rogue One immediately followed by episode four. I don't know what you're talking about. We are on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. So many people own this same ship. Oh, oh. you saw me? I, You had to have me mistaken. We took down your license plate number. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a license plate. That's not me. Uh we we switched it mm-hmm. around. You might be mistaken. We like we get them mixed up all the time. You yeah. Know, sometimes like Bethany takes mine mm-hmm. and I take hers. You know, it's they they're very similar. Yeah. You know, it's just like I'm a princess. Princesses don't smuggle. <laughs> like <laughs> rule number one. <laughs> I'm a princess. <laughs> Ankles crossed. <laughs> <laughs> just the thought of Princess Leia Organa like. A princess never slides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. But I mean, yeah, no, it's Rogue One is fantastic, and that uh, that enough is enough. Yeah, I um, I once heard anger like the right like anger is that feeling of enough is enough right now. Yeah, and like the difference between being irritated and being angry is when you feel like this cannot continue. Yeah, like irritated is I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. And anger is like, this must be done. Yeah. And this must be done now. Yeah. Um, and Rogue One is a really good, like, every character has a moment of like, yep, nope, and we're done. 
Like, yeah, mm, I can't handle this. Also, that the opening is like he's being forced to work for the Empire. Yeah. Um, or and like that that logic mm-hmm. that cheerfulness of necessity we talked about in the Gaddis episode that mm-hmm. he's like somebody was gonna build the Death Star. The difference is I was gonna put a problem in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is I made it an issue as well. Yeah. It remind it. I mean, it's a great tie-in to like the Nazi scientists who deliberately like threw building the atom bomb. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, we totally figured out how to do it. And then we kept like, whoops, spilled some coffee on the research. Oh, whoa, what happened there? Uh, s- stupid elbow. <laughs> you know, this is very difficult, Holy. and it's taking some time. So we're gonna have to keep working on this project. <laughs> we're just gonna keep working on this. No, no biggie. It's okay. Um, it's just. It's the fact that it's really hard and not the fact that we don't like it. Yeah, we're <laughs> we could be doing uh better faster research. However, we think that's a bad idea and we're not going to. <laughs> we're not going to. Yeah, like it's the it's same It's not it's a safety issue. Look, someone's going to build the Death Star. I'm just going to do a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we need in this scenario. Yeah. There's a lot of scenarios in which that person is very much needed. Like it sucks cuz they're hated a lot. Mm-hmm. By like a lot of people, yeah. And, like, kind of s- for good, kind reason. of for good reason, yeah. Mm-hmm. But and a lot of people don't know that they're like they're doing a good job as yeah. well, or like they're do- technically doing a bad job. <laughs> yeah, Th- they're doing the best they can with the situation that they have, and yeah. that is a really interesting. Like, I mean, these new Star Wars is with their with their shades of gray yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Oh. Love me a shade of gray. (laughs) Mm. Yep. I know what that sounds like. We're going to let that go. We're just going to let it slide. Princesses don't slide. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a princess. That's true. That's true. But like, yeah, people. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You're a king. We all know. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, Rogue One is a is a great war movie, and it's also visually stunning. Yeah, like just oh, absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous. Mm. gorgeous. And the Death Star doing something other than just blowing up planets, like yeah. oh, you can set this gun to just like a small city. Yeah, it's like oh, that makes so much more sense than like just blowing up planets. Yeah. Oh, this is perfect. Good, great job, guys. Like <laughs> high five. Now it makes sense why yeah. they would build that because like there's a limit to how many planets you can blow up. Yeah. But you can, in theory, in a galaxy, like blow up a lot of cities. Yeah, cities are like that would make the news. Yeah. Also, that they blow up their own imperial base because <laughs> they don't want the rebels to be able to steal anything else. Like, oh, yep. that is such the empire. Such the empire. Ugh, what a sidious <laughs> move. Such empire. <laughs> Uh, that's like classic Sith right there. <laughs> classic Empire. Ugh. And uh, the Empire's got something going on. And the flash drive thing. Oh, yeah. The flash drive. Yeah. The super old school tech is great. And like yeah. the Star Wars styling. But also the past the flash drive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's taking a while to upload. We can't make it go any faster. <laughs> Quick, you have to manually bring this large disc <laughs> from this guy to this guy. Get it onto the princess's ship. Like, hurry up, pass the disc, pass the disc, pass close the door, go! Pass it, pass it, and go! It's like, oh, I'm sitting there biting my nails and, like, watching the movie. Like, are they going to make it? Like, you've known for 50 years <laughs> that the princess gets the plans. <laughs> we need to transfer it from this large disc to the small disc. Put the small disc in the little droid. Put the droid in a pod. Put the pod on a planet. <laughs> Put the pod on a planet. <laughs> like, the whole, like, really, honestly, all of Star Wars is keeping the plans away from the people they stole it from. Like, yeah. It's just a big game of keep away the pl- with the plans. <laughs> My plans now. Wee. Also, here's a fun fact about Rogue One. Uh, Jin Erso, when she's reading like the Empire's research, lists off something that will take all the haters from Last Jedi. Uh, they can just crawl back in their starfighters because she lists as one of the things that the Empire was testing as hyperspace tracking, which is that thing that uh, the new people, New Order, whatever they're called, yeah. the First Order, yeah. the First Order does in order. Last Jedi. Yeah, they hyperspace track. Yeah. the uh, Resistance. Yeah. The Empire was working on that. So it they were working like on it. They got there. <laughs> we 
we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. So it looks like Kylo found Grandpa's research yeah. and decided to have somebody finish it. It's not that like weird. It also uh it also makes the it, it I like the way that it colors all of the alliances and resistances crazy plans mm-hmm. of like yeah the last time someone did this everyone on the mission died yeah it was successful yeah we did steal the plans but every single person's dead like yeah why have i never met this person uh because she definitely definitely died <laughs> because she did oh what about him oh he dead too what about the droid gone very very melted down for scrap very melted what about the cute little monks extremely dead what about the city with all the Jedi research? Extremely gone. It I'm gonna, I'm gonna up. save you on the time. They gone. They all, all gone. <laughs> they got posthumous medals of special. <laughs> I don't know what they call them for the alliance. <laughs> <laughs> They're rebels. They have like not honor's not their priority. <laughs> yeah. What would you prioritize? They got the special medal of justice. <laughs> yeah, justice. <laughs> yeah, justice. <laughs> Posthumous medals of justice. (laughs) (laughs) They gone. They all gone. And you know what? They don't need to come back. Because we can't superimpose Jyn Erso into the original trilogy. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's the only possible thing they could do with them to explain, like, oh, no, they were just never there. Yeah, they just (laughs) all died. It's fine. (laughs) That's why they weren't there, guys. That is one way to solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's effective. Also, Princess Leia just handles everything like a boss. Just uh. like they. St- so let me get this straight. They stole a ship, then stole the plans, and I'm supposed to bring the plans. Hi, Dad. You want me to bring the plans? Okay. Um. Yeah. Do we know if they've actually got them yet? Cool. So I'll wait, <laughs> and um, we'll just idle, and you know, we'll see how it goes. We got this. We're going. Okay. What plans? What are you talking about? I'm going back home to Alderaan. Coruscant to Alderaan. No stops. It has been a direct flight. I'm just just going home, guys. I'm tired. You know, I'm a princess. Did you not know that? I'm a princess, just so you know. Uh, I'm tired. (laughs) I need my beauty sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I have no transition to our music, but I think it's time. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. What music are we doing? Hate by the Dogatos. Possibly my favorite album ever. Yeah, it's really good. So good. It's really good. Came out in 2005, and a huge compliment. It does not sound like any music ever. Like, it doesn't sound like a specific time period. Yeah. Wait, 2002. Oh, yeah, you're right. Their last album came out in 2005. I just saw it because... That's when I was born, and so when I saw it earlier, when I looked at the album, I'm like, I remember that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. there forever now, so. I've got it. Impressed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 2002. Two. Yeah. Universal Audio, which is their final album, came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, the, actually, everyone in the Delgados, by the way, is still making music, so. Uh, I love this album, though. This is the one I would I would start with. Yeah, it's definitely. It's so good. It's really good. Um. The orchestral elements mm, in it mm-hmm. are great. Like, all of the instruments. Yeah. Great. Honestly, great. I love that it's, like, it's impossible to tell if this came out, like, the same year as Pink Floyd's The Wall album mm-hmm. or, like, last year. That it's just so well executed. It's yeah. so deeply itself that it's, like, who are their influences also what could have possibly influenced this band? Yeah. Like, they are so on their own train. Yeah. And it's awesome. They're all also huge nerds and studied computer science. Scientists make great music. They really do. I mean, Brian May. Mm. Yeah. Full stop. Go. Emma Pollock. Emma Pollock also has the vocal range of a toy piano and yet somehow creates these amazing melodies. Like she does not have a big range and it just like makes me want to throat punch all of the people who (laughs) sing boring songs with a lot of notes in them. Yeah. Because she just does interesting things and has good yeah. vocal control, but like not a huge dynamic, like not a huge um, low to high. Yeah. But massive dynamic range as far as loud, soft, and also right. massive like lyrical twists mm-hmm. where it's just, I can't, I don't think it's on this album, but she has a line that just every time I hear it makes my heart hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think my circle is about to close. This is what it feels to drown. Oh. Yep. Do you know what a closed circle story is? Okay. I'm going to explain for the listeners then. (laughs) I don't want to pander to Roy, but I am pandering to you, listener. A closed circle story is a story where for whatever reason you put your characters into an environment where nothing from outside can come in to interfere. Mm -hmm. So this is a desert island story um, or a murder mystery that's set in one house and like the phones are down. That's a closed circle. Mm -hmm. So I think my circle is about to close. I'm not ready. (laughs) I'm not ready. (laughs) But quotes from this album, the one that we're talking about. Okay, so favorite song. Favorite song? I asked it this time. Oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> I beat you. <laughs> I need to look at the song list. Because <laughs> they're I'm all so good. I'm usually the one doing this. Okay. 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 Um, can I cheat? I'm going to say my favorite song that's led by uh, her and my favorite song that's led by him. Okay. So this band has a male and female lead vocalist, and so they switch who leads each song. Um, favorite song uh, that he leads is The Drowning Years. Mm-hmm whose first line is, this is the life of a woman with demons. Yep. Yep, I'm done. Yep. I'm already <laughs> I'm sold. Done. It sold. opens with a violin. Excellent. Sold. Perfect. Perfect. Sold. Uh, my favorite song that she sings lead on is Woke From Dreaming. Yeah. Which also, opening line, Woke From Dreaming, but it took convincing. I was shaking, screaming. I was still alive. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Yep. I'm done. Yeah, good. Um. Instrumentally, it's a rock album with a lot of orchestration that doesn't feel yeah. synthy. You know why it doesn't feel synthy? Hmm. Because it's not. Because they yeah. actually can play these songs live with a full orchestra. Go them. <sighs> How many rock bands can play? Yeah. With an or- they can't. Yeah. Also, there was this, um, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a show in England that uh, had like the Beatles on. It was similar to what we think of as like the Ed Sullivan show mm-hmm. and it would feature musicians. And so they had the Beatles like three or four times they had, you know, um, it was one guy who was kind of in control of it. Mm-hmm. And they had like the stones a few times. Like it's a, yeah. it's a big deal to be on the show that the Delgado's like 30 times. <laughs> like they're his favorite <laughs> band. And it, I love it. Uh, and the, the, the Delgados actually broke up because they were like, you know what? We are a really freaking good band, and we are never going to make it as a band. All mm-hmm. of us can make it on our own. Yeah. Uh, like, let's just keep it keep it tight. Um, she's actually, the lead singer is actually married to the drummer. Yeah. So they, yeah, they are yeah. Uh, still making music. All of them are still doing hey. things. So it's such a good <laughs> we're album. too good guys we can't have all this power no that's literally <laughs> why they broke up <laughs> we can't have all this power that's just mean oh not at all <laughs> it's it's cruel <laughs> i mean this is cruel we need to split up yeah and paul savage like fair. <laughs> yeah he's such a good drummer like y'all know how i feel about drums mm-hmm. this album really is killing it on the drums Dang. yeah favorite song go um I've got a few. Light Before We Land. Oh, so good. Woke From Dreaming and Drowning Years. Uh, yeah, So good. So good. So good. Light Before We Land, um, for those of you who don't have any, have any, like, what kind of song uh, is the theme song for an anime that uh, is about cyborg child killers? So that's good. That first line in this one is, in cases such as these, I'd like a hand. So, uh. Oh, but <laughs> chorus of favors. Are you looking for favors to return for your crime? Don't make, don't wake me up without a master plan. <laughs> That's a mood. Don't wake me until you figured out all of your shit. <laughs> Charity, a joke that friendly cities think that we believe. <laughs> you can tell that uh, we are really feeling the political climate. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about V for Vendetta last time. We are <laughs> like spoilers uh. ahead is a cheery, happy place. However, we identify strongly with hugging by danger. <laughs> like, hugged by feel, danger. We feel hugged by danger. Like <laughs> if you thought, s- like when the national emergency is over, <laughs> we will stop talking. Like there's a national <laughs> emergency. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This whole album is is just it's so deeply slicing. It's very uh 
if you can imagine a rapier of a sword mm-hmm. rather than like a, a yeah. like a broadsword, yeah. it's that kind of stabbing. Yeah. Very precise, very Ooh, I felt that. Just like if this is a plan, then I'm dead where we stand. <laughs> this is a bad plan. <laughs> Want to know what it's like to seem wrong when you're right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, hey. Oh, I feel that. Okay. Uh. Binti, Binti, the original, mm-hmm. feels like light before we land. Yeah. Like Binti, Binti, yeah. light before we land. Binti yeah. home, the drowning years. Yeah. And Binti night masquerade, uh, Woke from dreaming slash coming in from the cold. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rogue One child killers. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, v for Vendetta, if this is a plan. Also Rogue One, if this is a plan, then we did where we stand. Yeah. <laughs> um, Never Look at the Sun is such a good song. Oh, They're all good, guys. Just, just do Favors it. Favors feels very, like, uh, safe also. Also, yeah. Favor's super high drum part, like that it's instead yeah. of being bass driven, that it's very like high hat and, and yeah. cymbally. That feels very safe to me. Yeah. I just, my favorite thing is putting songs and books together. And yes. You're treeing right now. <laughs> I'm always treeing. When it comes to songs and other things, I mean, is not writing a musical just treeing <laughs> in front of a piano? <laughs> treeing in front of a piano. <laughs> That is my aesthetic. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rory, do you have a wreck of the week this week? I do. I actually have... Um, we Guys, we have no transitions this week. We're so hungry. <laughs> yeah. For justice and food. This <laughs> 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 uh, is a weird episode. <laughs> They're all weird. It's fine. Okay. So, uh, one is in over my head. Mm-hmm. Two. I don't know why it's number two. I haven't heard of a number one. It's just, it's a mood. Oh, okay. Uh, by L-U-W-T-E-N. I don't know how to say it, and I want you to be able to spell it when you search it up, because it's good, and it just repeats in, uh, the, like, music is really catchy and interesting, mm-hmm. and it just repeats in over my head. I am in over my, <laughs> I like in it. over my head. Oh. I and can then already at the end, identify. kind of, like, they're <laughs> screaming. It's a big mood. <laughs> And then um, Water by Smooth Boy Ezra is really good. It's a single made this year, and the cover art is really cute as well. But it's like it's a lot like drowning and all that, and like uh, I'm drowning, hee hee. Like I'm drink, I drank too much water, and now I'm drowning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a also a mood. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and one other one. Sorry. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Um. This one's by Dottie. Sick of losing soulmates. It's good. Oh, that's a good. That's I think it's I've heard that good. one. I think. Yeah, you probably have. Um, I'm almost certain you played that one for me. But okay, I like it. Recommending songs. Hey, as I always do. Sometimes. I listen to a lot of music, guys. Yeah. So much that my Apple Music, th- like new music this week for you, was so accurate that I like almost cried. Dur- like yeah. when it was done, I'm like, wow. You know, you can, um, if you want to, you mom. can probably make that into a uh, into a separate playlist. No, I did. Yeah, I and did. Then it's called it. Lonely. Share it for <laughs> us. Yeah, I my, will. My personal playlist is called Lonely. <laughs> it's called Lonely, and it's uh, it's been about like my month, and oh, so like it was really so interesting. <laughs> it oh. was just like wow, all these songs just really just spoke to me right <laughs> then. Apple Music just had a conversation with me. Bunny, bunny. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, you listen to a lot of music. I have. You know what my hard thing about all the music Rex is? Hmm. Uh, is that I can't listen to new things fast. Like, mm-hmm. if I find a food that I like, I have to eat it like twelve times mm-hmm. to figure out why I like it. And like, mm-hmm. music is the same way. So I'm. I'll be that person that's like, I've listened to the same album eighteen times on repeat. Not usually one song, but like the same thing mm-hmm. over and over. It takes me a very long time to get to new things. Yeah. So the movie I've been watching eighteen million times this week, and will continue to, is uh, Outlaw King, which is on Netflix. Hey. It stars Chris Pine. That should be enough. But if it's not, yeah. Uh, it's set in Scotland and actually filmed in Scotland. So hell yeah, gorgeous. Um, Florence Pugh, who plays Elizabeth de Burgh, uh, de Burgh steals every scene she's in mm. in the best way. Not in the chewing the scenery way, but just in like 
she's so rooted as her character. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. And it's it's great. Uh, Prince Edward, who becomes King Edward II, fantastic. Mm-hmm. It does a great job of not uh, making it clear that they're pissing on Die Hard while... Or not Die Hard, sorry, Braveheart. While, right. in fact, it is pissing on Braveheart <laughs> so right. much. Like, ugh. It's, it's a really, really good... Hi- it's a really good film. But it's also a pretty good historical film. Uh-huh. And uh, as someone who really deeply loves Scotland and also loves kind of inner politic uh-huh. and contrast politics and also loves me a we are done, enough is enough. Hey. It very much fits this this episode. Right. Um, so, yeah, Outlaw King, visually stunning. It is rated R, but uh, it is very justified. And mm-hmm. it's not... You know what? It doesn't go out of its way to make things gross. Mm-hmm. Like, there are things where it's like, yeah, if you're going to make a movie about this time period, these are some of the things you will have to include. Guess what that means? It's going to be rated R. Yeah. Like, you can't draw, hang, draw, and quarter someone in a not rated R way. Yeah. You just can't. But you can make it um, emotionally compelling mm-hmm. rather than just gratuitous violence. And, right. and this this one does a really good job with that. Also, it has a happy ending, which for something set in the medieval period, like... Dang. <laughs> like, <laughs> you go. Literally every character I actually wanted to survive that I was like, oh no, I'm going to be so heartbroken. You know how I feel about sad movies. Yeah. I don't like them Yeah, that much most of the time. This one really... It, it's like Shawshank in that right. like deep... Like there's things that are sad. Yeah. But you're really happy when it's yeah. like you're you feel happy at the ending and you want to watch it yeah. again rather than like, oh, I'm glad I dragged myself through that. Yeah. Mud. So Outlaw King. It's on Netflix. Everyone should watch it. And uh, we should all forget Braveheart was ever made. Cool. Yep. Never, never watched it. I'm cool with that. I have no interest in watching really anything where Scottish people wear kilts. Because kilts came out in like the 18th century mm. and they were invented by Englishmen. So if you're going to make a Go Scotland movie set in the deep past with kilts, you've already lost me. You've already messed up. <laughs> you done messed up, A.A. Ron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go watch the movie. Go listen to music. Uh, read the Binti trilogy. It's like 500 pages cumulatively yeah just do it like you can do it in one day you don't have to but like i'm yeah i read both binti and night masquerade not in the same day but in one day Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think i read all three in a day i don't i may have started one of them like the day before or something like on a separate day but the bulk of it was in one day and it was very much like a time constraints thing yeah uh the first time i read it anyway that's all I have to say about that. Roll credits. Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP, It's Okay to Be Sad. His, his podcast is produced and edited by Heidi. Both Heidi and I do pre-production by reading and watching and listening to all of the things. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes and slash or become a supporter on Patreon. Follow along on our Instagram and Twitter, because we have those now. Our handle is at spoilers underscore ahead underscore, and we love to hear from you. So do that. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you have suggestions, comments, whatever, let us know. We Anything. have those now. We made yeah. those. It's for fun. For fitness and for fun. Okay, bye. Me. Shalom. Let's go make food. Shalom. <laughs> <laughs>